You are now listening to episode 40 of the Gospel Truth. No BS. I have, I am, first of all, first and foremost, I am our major. I have my sister, Rain, riding the bull with me. And I have my brother, AKA, and you will hear many AKAs with him. But I'm going to give him a different AKA. I'm not going to introduce him as Rauchy. I'm not even going to introduce him as the wise one. What I'm going to introduce him as today is the one you want to have on your side. And my sister, what I recognize about my sister, and y'all know, I know the way I say this sometimes, I just love a girl who don't say no. I know how that sounds. But the name that we also associate with her is boss. Now, the reason why I'm being careful when I say boss is because normally when we talk about women, especially our African-American women, and we use that word boss associated with them, it has some nasty undertones, if you will. And we don't associate the word kind. We don't associate the word generous. We don't associate the word uh, meek and kind-hearted. But I tell you all, this is who she is. Not that she just doesn't say no, because I'm sure she knows how to when she needs to. But when she says yes, you don't have to worry about that yes changing to a no. And I am grateful to be here with the two of them today. What's happening, folks? What's good? I appreciate it. I appreciate the opening yeah. today. <laughs> oh, you didn't appreciate the other one? <laughs> well, you know, it has, you know, it has, it has to resonate with me every now and then. <laughs> Especially with the grouchy one. But then I understand why I understand why you told me. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll bring it back next week. Don't worry about it. I'm um, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll um, do something to earn it. So, Rain, I got a question for you right quick. Yeah. Tell me what you think of when you hear the word mountain or mountains. Did you say mountain? Mm-hmm. Mountain or mountains. What do you think when you hear that that word, one of those two words? Um, it depends on the context in which I'm hearing it in. So, like, sometimes I think of mountains as a beautiful structure um, mm. in the land. Um, other times okay. I think of it as an obstacle to climb. So, just depends. Mm-hmm. So, shall we say in the spiritual in the spiritual realm, you think of it more of a, as a mountain? Would that be? I'm sorry, as a mountain to climb, as as an obstacle to get over? Would that be accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that would be okay. fair. Okay. And same question for you, my brother. When you hear that word mountain, what do you think? Peace. Oh, you think peace? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I knew I was going to get something different from you. I didn't know you were going that route. So why do you think peace? Because when you look at the top of the mountain or when you think the time it takes to get there, you go through a different change of peace. And once you get up mm-hmm. there, you understand and you see life in a different manner. And you'll understand that peace at the top of that mountain mm. because it's it's so high and you actually, if you look at a mountain, you see it's so high and the time that it takes to actually climb it and the type of mind frame that you need to climb it and the mind frame that you need to, once you get to the top, you understand it, it's nothing but peace. Interesting. Very interesting. So, 
I know that there was a gospel song. They used to say, I think the words were, if you have a faith the size of a mustard seed, and I know it comes from scripture, um, you mm-hmm. can say, move mountain. Mountain, get out of my way. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, every time I think of the word mountain, that's what I've always, you know, envisioned, as you stated, an obstacle that you have to climb and and get over. However, also, too, because of the word, if I have the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can say move mountain. So, mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because um, it came up in my meditation today, and it gave me a different way of looking at mountain. Mountain, as it was described uh, when I was meditating this morning, is um, resilient. Think of the weather changes that a mountain has to endure. Mm-hmm. And also, too, at the top of the mountain, the, the air is thin, so it's a little bit more difficult to breathe, right? That's part of that, mm-hmm. that, that stress that we feel when we're, quote, unquote, trying to climb the mountain. And the, but the way it was described when I'm, when I'm meditating this morning was, Think of your head as being above the mountain and your upper body being the mountain and your lower body being the root underground. And you are the mountain. You are resilient. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious to, you know, first of all, that hearing that take on the mountain, on the whole mountain concept, I thought was nice. And then I I just Mm -hmm. want to hear you all, you know, what you all thought as far as mountain is concerned. So, mm-hmm. and, you, you know, think about a mountain, though. Never mm-hmm. cut you off. You think about a mountain, too. No, you could. Once yeah. you get to the top, your air is different, right? Yes, sir. And that's where it kind of goes back to that piece because your air is different. Your mindset changes. Because you, <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm sorry, I'm sorry because... When I get to the top of a mountain, it, the air is different. So I was just thinking about people like me that have problems breathing at the top of a mountain. It is not people. Have you catch your breath, it is. <laughs> yeah, as long as I remember that inhaler. <laughs> hey, I, got, I, I got one, too. Don't feel bad, but, yeah. Yeah, once you get to the top, though, the air is different, and you, can, you breathe differently. It's not so mm-hmm. much of this air that we consume today, I mean, where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, to me, it brings upon a different type of peace. It does. And I love what I appreciate about being at the top of the mountain is being able to see the world in a different light also. Like when mm-hmm. you're looking up above everything, just the beauty and, you know, you're closer to the sky so you get to see the images that are usually obstructed by, like, buildings and houses and all these different things and looking down on on everything. So, yeah. It is. Um, it can be peaceful, um, beautiful, and a great place of meditation, also. Mhm. And it changes. It changes your mindset. And I think you were talking earlier with gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you a different appreciation of of life. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Now, still sticking with the um in the, um the mountain theme for a minute. I want to mm-hmm. acknowledge uh, a death that was just announced, the passing of um, of an idol of mine, Bill Russell. He uh, mm-hmm. passed at age 88. And uh, the reason why I've always admired him is, you know, I, when we when people talk basketball, the first person that comes out of everyone's mouth typically is 
Michael Jordan. No, Michael yeah. Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, and then you go down to, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. And the, the truth of the matter is, in my opinion at least, uh, Bill Russell has always been the greatest player. Oh, Same another one, Doc, player. Doc, Dr. J. Don't forget Dr. J. Anything about Dr. J, too? Mm, I, I give Dr. J his credit, but we, in the realm when we usually talk sports, we always acknowledge championships and the numbers that they have, the number of championships they have. So, you know, Jordan is, has, is, was 6-0 in the NBA Finals. I think, I think Bill Russell was either 11-2 and or 11-0. and I'm not exactly he, sure. I think he actually got, lost one or two finals. No, I think he's 11-0, if I'm not mistaken. He okay. always said in the season, what, 13 years, he won, he, he won mm-hmm. to 11 NBA championships here. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> and I remember reading a book about him uh, some years ago, and – he, you know, during the time when he played in Boston, someone broke into his house, didn't steal a damn thing. They mm. went into his bedroom and defecated in the middle of his bed. Tell me how you really feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I imagine this is the city you play for, and this is what you have to endure. Mm. And, and yet he still went on and played. Yeah. And uh, now on the court, here's what he did. His senior year, he, got, he um, helped guide San Francisco University to an NCAA title. He's on the Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic team. He wins gold. He's drafted by the Boston Celtics, and they win an NBA title. And all of that is done in one year time, in a one-year period. Mm. And then also, too, 11 NBA titles. And wow. he was also the first African-American NBA coach. And he was also, I believe he was the first player coach. Oh, I didn't know he coached. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was the first, like I said, first player coach. So he's coaching right. while he's still playing the game. Yeah. Well, LeBron did it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> coach oh. and GM. Yeah. Right. Is Jerry Johnson around here? <laughs> Did you also hear that um, the lady from Star Trek died, the first black female? Uh, yeah, I just heard about that, too. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. I just heard about did that. I think she died in her 80s as well. Uh, I think she was 89. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. She was 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. L- Lieutenant Uhura. That's the, um, the yes. role she made famous. Yeah. And a quick story about her. She um, met Dr. and Mrs. King after Star Trek's first season. And she yeah, was she actually going up. to leave. Yes, yeah, she wanted yeah. to leave and pursue a singing career, and they convinced her to stay. Because uh, kid, their kids were allowed... I'm sorry? No, but I remember you sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her kid, their kids were allowed to stay up to watch Star Trek. And they were Trekkies. And they were big, they were big fans of her because at the time, I think she was the only African-American... And that was even on the bridge or even in the show, really. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and she, the position she had on the bridge was a position of leadership. So they asked her to stay for that reason, and that's what made her stay, stay on. And as you mm-hmm. all know, uh, Star Trek only lasted like three seasons, but they had, uh, what, six, six? I think it was six Star Trek movies before they had the, the other one. So oh, it only lasted three seasons? Wow. Yeah, it only lasted three seasons. I actually thought it was longer than that. I know. 
Yeah, same here. Same here. But no, it only lasted three seasons, and but then it had a plethora of movies afterwards. Mm. Wow. That's really something, because I just knew it was longer than that. Yeah. So I just want to make sure I acknowledge, or thank you for um, acknowledging, uh, this, wait, say her name again? No, uh, no horror. Uh, I don't know. Well, that that was her, you know, her character's name. Yeah. Her name was Michelle Nicholas. That's it, Michelle Nicholas. And um, Bill Russell. Yeah, and Bill Russell. Yeah, I want to make sure I acknowledge them. Yeah. So, Michelle. and today you wanted to get into what, my brother? Today I was I was uh, thinking we should do a little change of direction. I know we've been real. A little serious for the past couple of episodes. Sometimes we, should, especially with the recession going on, mm-hmm. just want to be in the mood of gratitude. You know, even though the recession is going on, we should still be thankful for the things that we have. And if we can inspire somebody, if they're not in the mood to be thankful, curve their mindset. Well, Pop Pop said they ain't no recession. So uh, should yeah, we thank Pop Pop for saying that? You can't listen to a, you can't listen to a liar. <laughs> you can't listen to somebody somebody who ain't in the same situation you in. Everything he got, yeah, everything he, everything he get done is already paid for by us. This is true. You see somebody no. who, who his whole lifestyle depends upon you, and you giving it. We giving it to him, but he's nice right. little taxes day. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if we listen to pop pop. We all good. So did y'all see when Wikipedia had to pause them being able to update the definition of reception? I saw it when you said that to me. I was like, wow. <laughs> 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 or, or did see the, the chief of, what, she, what does she call it? Chief of staff, whatever? She was dodging the question? Mm-hmm. She was like, I was like, is she going to answer the question? Or what, like, come on, like, Come on, what you what you doing? What you doing? She just kept like, uh, well, uh, I'm like, oh goodness, why did I get this lady out here? <laughs> she she like dodgeball. She's dodgeball in that thing. Have like on a ping pong table, she gonna move this way, move this way. <laughs> she was going everywhere but just straight to the clinic, mm-hmm. to the answer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that, and the reason I say that sometimes we don't <clears throat> understand that we're in in some cases in better position than we are other than, than other people, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes our situation is not as bad as we think it is. But we also have to remember that life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? So life is what you speak it. What you want is what you speak. And if you speak uh-huh. negativity, then damn it, that's what you're going to get. If you speak life and blessings or whatever it is that you want, then that's what you go to. So I think we should just remind. Go ahead. So, but if I speak positivity, if I'm trying to speak positivity into a situation, into my life, just using an Mm -hmm. example, and since we live in a in a in a microwave society, how long Mm -hmm. should I have to wait for it? Oh goodness. When I speak it into existence, <laughs> I need to see it. You heard me? Well, 
you wait on your paycheck every two weeks. So they ain't got nothing to do. They ain't got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Yes, my paycheck. But it does. Yes, it does. You say, you say, all right, we're in the microwave society, right? When you work, do you uh-huh. get paid the same day? Do you get paid the no. same day? Uh-uh. Exactly. So it don't work to it don't work until how, how you want it. Things okay. work of how God either does it for you, how the universe, whatever you believe in, whatever uh-huh. power that you put into it, then that's what you get. But it doesn't work in the same time frame that you wanted to work. But do you think that it's possible to manifest something like right away? It can be. Yeah, I, I think so. Too. I think I so. But it all depends on to me it depends on the energy that you put into it. Right, and your level of belief that it's possible that yep. at that point. Yeah. At that point, yeah. But so if you got a give me your luster, definition of right away though. So okay, so since um since you mentioned something, um Michael you mentioned microwave, right? And you talked about like the light the law of attraction. I mean, I was getting ready to talk about the law of attraction, but um, okay, that's that's what it is. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk, when we think in terms of the law of attraction, right? We know that there's a process, right? We have to right. fix our mind first of all to stop relying on luck, right? We can't like take leave things to chance, right? We got to focus on what we want. We got to plan mm-hmm. and take action and make it happen, right? So that we can manifest. So we have to be able to visualize it. So we tap into our imagination and we're actually able to see it, right? Then we practice affirming, like he just said, life and death is in the power of our tongue, right? So if we begin to confess and believe and affirm things, right, and then we be grateful, um, believing that those things are coming or that it, you know, that it will be and begin to meditate on rain, those things. Rain, 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 yeah. rain, 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 Hold on for a second. <laughs> slow down, slow down a little bit. Because you said, you, said you said something that was real powerful though, seriously. Okay. You said one word that sometimes people miss, and that word is grateful. Mm-hmm. You have to be grateful for what it is that you're asking for. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted you to kind of back up on that and elaborate on that word grateful because sometimes people will say they want some certain things, but they're not grateful for it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you're fine. Um, but when you to, – to really be grateful for something, it, you really have to show appreciation for it, right? And uh, – and appreciation is like, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. When I mean, you think in terms of um, being appreci- being grateful for something and showing appreciation, you really have to. It's like I'm trying to think of an example of how we ask for stuff, and then when we get it, it's like, okay, mm, all right, I got it, right. But when you're really mm. grateful for something, you really appreciate it. You recognize and you take enjoyment of the good, right? And you, you, so that that thing really means something for you. Like it's a, you have to have a full understanding of it to be grateful for it or to appreciate it. And usually, when we go through the process of um, getting stuff, and so when we're got that microwave mindset, we really can't appreciate it because it comes so fast or so quick or so easy for us that we don't take time to be grateful and appreciate it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that microwave mindset is very dangerous because mm-hmm. when we get the things that we want, we don't know how to appreciate it. Like it's just like if you're praying for a job, right? Or you're trying to, or you're trying to, um, you're trying to manifest a job. Then the job comes, and all you do is complain about the job. Well, you was broke last week, didn't have a job, didn't have anything, and you was, you know, determined that you need a job, and you was asking for anything. Like I would take anything at this point. 
and then you did it, and all you did was complain, is that really, are you showing appreciation, right? Like, are you grateful for that which you were able to receive when you had nothing before? Sounds like a mindset adjustment is required. It is. It is. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it is. Because <laughs> you, you know, can have because a... If go ahead. Go ahead, Armando. Well, ahead, I, Armando. Think, I think one of the things you need to do is you have to go through a, a purging, if you will, a self-purging, uh, maybe a fasting or a uh, some sort of mental prep. You can't just wake up all of a sudden and say, well, I'm going to have a, going forward, I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. Then work well, like you that. can't. It's, it's you a can't whole, wake it's up. A whole, it's a whole, yeah, you can wake up and say that, but you can't wish it. You have to work it. Because. You have to, yeah, think, you have to work think, it. I think about agree. This. Yeah, uh-huh. think about this. Like, okay, um, you go to church, right? You go to church on mm-hmm. Sunday. And usually, usually, you know, service, let's just say service was good, choir saying great, uh, pastor really preached, laid out a nice word, you're all ready mm-hmm. to go, right? You're all, you feel, you feel fulfilled. And then comes, mm-hmm. then comes Monday. Then comes mm-hmm. Monday. You get up, you got to mm-hmm. go through whether it's, whether you got to go to school the next day or whether you got to go to work the next day. And ish happens. Now is where you have to draw back on what you received on Sunday to help you get through the week, through Friday, until the next weekend. So a lot well, of that's, times... Hold on. That's a problem right there. That's a problem right there. Go ahead. Where you see the problem? The problem right there, you waiting on the pastor to do everything for you. You want me to chew it? You want me to <laughs> cook it, <laughs> chew it, and feed it to you too? I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> Good point. Good point. That's the problem. That's, but you Great know, point. That's the problem with a lot of people in our society, though. That's a lot of problem with people in our society. They want you to – my mom used to tell us I got to go to the grocery store, pick it out, then you want me to take it out of the car, and you want me to cook it? That ain't going to happen. The problem mm-hmm. with people is they want you to, to cook it, go to the store, buy it, take it out of the car, and cook it and feed it to them. That's the problem with society. Mm-hmm. They too big depending on the preacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you too big depending on the preacher to spoon feed it. Well, you can do these things yourself. And to mm-hmm. me, if he has to do all that, then you already handicapped. You already, there's no gratitude in you. you just lazy as hell because you don't want to take the time to do it for yourself. So it lazy thing. or is it ignorance? Both. Wait, how can it be both? Easy. <laughs> One, you're too lazy to put in. You're too lazy to put in the work. That's one. You're too lazy to put in the work. That's number one. Number two mm-hmm. is is a lack of understanding because you're too lazy to understand. That's what I was going to say. Like you, it could definitely be both because ignorance is just you know like you were saying it's lack of understanding. And in order for you to understand, it requires you to work. To speak, right? To do the work, mm-hmm. to go forth the effort, to research and, and do whatever you need to do to deep, to dive in, to, you know, go to the next level. And most people don't want that done. They don't want to do that. They want it done for them. They're used to or have grown accustomed to motivational speeches or the pastor pumping them up and giving them something to rub, rub them up and keep them going for a couple of days. But when they start going into autopilot mode, they won't go and dig into that same word as the preacher when it's in the fire, whatever they need, or 
meditate or pray or do whatever they have to do to build themselves back up so that they can make it through the next day because anything can happen, you know what I'm saying, today or tomorrow, what if you, your car breaks down and you can't get to the territory? There's a nationwide power outage or whatever. How would you find your strength or how would you be able to tap into a place of um, happiness and peace then? How would you be able to find that um, place of zen if you're relying on somebody else to create that for you? We have to get in that habit of creating these things for ourselves. Because let me ask you a question. Where did the Bible study come from? In the middle of the week on a Wednesday. I'm just sitting here thinking about that. Where did Bible study come from? In the middle of the week on Wednesday, they picked pick Wednesday to be the day for Bible study. Mm-hmm. Where did anybody well, know? Thursday I'm asking because I don't from, know. I get your point. You, just like she said, you need something to rev you up during the week. Why the hell are you waiting on somebody else to do it? You do it. You can have your own Bible study. You can have your Bible study on Monday through uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Monday through Sunday, whatever. If, you so choose, if, that's, if that's what you so choose to do, what I'm saying uh-huh. is a lot of times in our society, we're too busy waiting on the pastor to do something that you can do yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's no level of gratitude at all. The only, the only person, and then people wonder why pastors, why you see him, why they got this and they got that, because they learn their gratitude. They're taking with some of what they have, and I'm not talking about all pastors, because all pastors are different, as we know. The the robbing pastor, the one who who been robbing people, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's a whole different story. But a lot of times we don't teach. A lot of times we don't teach our people, and I'm gonna say our people, about gratitude. We only want gratitude when it's a satisfaction for us. Even when you have a dissatisfaction, you should still have gratitude. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, right? Um, we could go out here, like, in our own society, in our own communities. If I go downtown Atlanta and just walk around and look at the homeless population, that's enough to make me grateful right there for what I have, right? Um, when you see a, um, somebody standing in front of the store begging for change, you know, that kind of stuff motivates me to be grateful. Like, you know, gosh, I have this, I have that. When I um am traveling the world, and like, I, this is why I love to travel, too, because, when we go to some of these other countries and these other places and see how they're living, if we just watch images mm-hmm. on TV of, like, how it is over in the Middle East where it's still, like, desert and farm and it looked like, it, you know, it, it really looks like a reenactment of what used to happen in the Bible days with somebody heard the sheep and it's got a well in sight or a drop of water anywhere nearby. We're so blessed and we have so much and we're so fortunate. We're actually quite spoiled, but we're still ungrateful, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, we still yeah. want more. And we have so much compared to other people. And it's yeah. important for us to look at those things and capitalize on those opportunities to just be grateful for what we have and where we are. Like now, if you really truly think about <clears throat> we had to what? We were six, seven months in now, seven, mm-hmm. eight months into the year. You know, mm-hmm. how many of us have, have, mm-hmm. have done a self-assessment of where we started to where we are now of gratitude? Sometimes you can yeah. do a self-assessment of gratitude. You know, I was uh, mm-hmm. talking to my wife. We actually went up to up to the mountains this weekend, right? Uh-huh. And as I was, was traveling, I was telling her, I said, you know, I'm so grateful that where I am today for where I was before, right? Because where I was six months ago is where it's different from where I am now. But it took, it was a process. It was gratitude. I, I was thankful, you know what I mean? 
but at the same time being thankful and and having the right attitude, it took work. You have to put work into it. You cannot be afraid of the process. You cannot be afraid of the work that goes into it. Is it easy? No. Is the appreciation at the end better? Yes. But you got to put work into it, and the work doesn't stop once you get there. Yeah, we constantly have to renew ourselves daily. Like every day, we should be trying to be better. We should be trying to be, um, you know, look at um, where we are and what we can do better. You know, reflect, self-reflection is something that we never spend enough time doing, like as people in general. We do not spend yeah. enough time self-reflecting. We, we should be worried about the way the everybody doing. else is doing wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we can point out what everybody else is doing wrong, but we can't look at our, we don't look at ourselves as much and say, hmm, what can I do better today or tomorrow than I, you know, take it from what I did today? Well, to be mm-hmm. fair, I think some of that has to do with just the hustle, you know, just the daily hustle of life. You know, you get mm-hmm. you, you get into a routine. You know, uh, you're thinking mm-hmm. by the time you get home from work, right? This is of course, this is pre-COVID. Get home from work, and you're already thinking about what you got to do uh, the next day. Sometimes, so mm-hmm. you can't even finish enjoying the day because you're automatically thinking about tomorrow. Anything from what am I going to wear to oh, I got to get up in the morning. I got to do this, 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 and this before I even leave for work. Right? You got to make sure the kids are okay. So there's always something mm-hmm. to do that takes away from you know the actual even thinking about adjusting your attitude, if you will. Because the things that I think that we're talking about is more of a uh, spiritual nature. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and tell you. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think that's all by choice. Mm-hmm. It's all by choice. And if you if you ask me what do I mean by choice, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I tell you all the time, right, my, my kids, like, you know, the kids play sports and everything, I may right. complain about it, I may joke about it, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I'm, I always go back and say, you know what, I'm grateful for it because that keeps them busy, keeps me busy. Mm-hmm. Yes, you think about the next day, but think about some of the other challenges that you see that's going on out here in the world. So that's a that's where I'm saying it's a choice. You change your mind say, yeah, I'm running, but guess what, my kids are active. I don't have to worry about my child. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of the coaches. He said a 10-year-old boy got caught up in some foolishness, and now the little boy was looking at jail time, a 10-year-old, right? I'm looking at my 10-year-old. He's still right playing with little, little uh, pellet gun, uh, what you call it, little, little nerve guns in the house and chasing uh-huh. his brother around the house. So I'm thankful for, you know what, I got him something to stay active. So as I'm saying, it's a, it's a choice. It's a mindset. Yeah, we all get bogged down with life, but guess what? When you go fix your dinner at night, you spend time with your family, you say, you know what, thank God I got a stove to cook on. Thank God I'm eating mm-hmm. in tonight. Thank, you know what I'm saying? So it's a choice in you changing your mindset on how you so choose to live and where you want to go from there. Yeah. And so what I was going to ask you was um, who creates your routine, right? So you, when we um, create our routines, right, that that's something mm-hmm. we have complete control over, right? So if your routine, you know, as you create your routine, you have the option of making a part of your routine um, self-reflection, um, uh, taking a moment of gratitude, starting your day in the morning, right, um, with uh-huh. positive affirmations or studying or doing whatever you need to do to put yourself in a positive place because 
scientific um, um, research shows that if we start our day, like, with a positive affirmation or on some type of positive note, it tra- it kind of sets the trend for your attitude and your experiences for the rest of the day. So if you start your day worrying about things, then more than likely you'll spend the rest of your day stressed and worrying about things. And so we have to be intentional in how we set up our day, right? And we have to be intentional in what we put in our routine. So while, yeah, life does get busy or whatever, we have to become better planners and more intentional about how we plan to make sure that we incorporate things that are important for our mental health, uh, for us to be able to take part in um, being able to reflect and be grateful for what we have and what's around us. So, again, I agree with Antonio. It's a choice. We have full control over that. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't hear anything that I disagree with. It is all up to you. I agree <laughs> with that. No, I do. I agree with that. It is all to you. It's just um, I think what happens, too, though, if you're – you have to have some sort of spiritual grounding at some point. And if you don't, then that means you have to have one – you have to establish one at some point. And sometimes, you know, we don't I, – I, this is just my personal belief. Some I think sometimes people forget that we even have a spirit to feed, or mm. maybe they didn't even know they had a spirit to feed. So you walk, you, you know, you go through this life basically. Uh, wake up, get ready to go to school. After you've gone through school, wake up, get ready to go to work. Whatever it is you do, right? Or however you live in your life, you wake up and you go through your daily routines, whatever that may be, right? Not not singling out anything in particular. But mm-hmm. if you don't, if you have not been, as we say at, from time to time, we'll use the word conditioned, right? If you have not been conditioned mm-hmm. that there is a God or there is a universe that you need to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, sit down with at times, spend time with at times. If that's never mm-hmm. been set into your routine, then how do you even know that you have a spirit that you need to feed just like you have a body that you need to feed? Well, I think, and this is my personal belief, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, to me it's twofold, right? Sure. Most of us, and I'm not going to say all of us, most of us go, grow, grew up with somebody taking us to church or something, some type of spiritual, spiritual background um, within your home. Most right. of us. Mm-hmm. And to not acknowledge it, again, that's a choice. Right, and even if you didn't, I think God created animals, right, to believe in a greater power other than themselves. That's my belief. I'm stick to it. Nobody can tell me different. So wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You said that God <laughs> created animals. Hmm. And finish the rest of that statement because I want to make sure I got it right. I don't. I don't want to misquote you. I say I feel that God created animals to understand mm-hmm. and believe that it is a greater power other than themselves. Okay. Okay. And that's your story and you're sticking to it. I got you. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Okay. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you stick to it and have it. <laughs> I know somebody gonna come. I know you're going to come with something. Come on. <laughs> no. No, uh-uh. I'm not. I- <laughs> See, here, here's, here is one of the things that you all don't realize. When you all come at me with stuff and disagree with me and chop me down, 
you all don't realize how much you have helped me to grow, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they're going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but this is what I really feel. Like when we had a discussion mm-hmm. about unconditional love several episodes ago, I know y'all mm-hmm. were thinking, no, was it unconditional love? Yeah, it was unconditional love. And I said, no, there is no such thing as unconditional love between human beings. And then we got to romantic love. That's what it was. Y'all thought I was crazy. Y'all, I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all think I'm crazy. And mm-hmm. I just had to come to the conclusion, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay? So now <laughs> you believe that the animals, whom we've always been taught via science, that animals act instinctively, you believe that animals know that there is a God and acknowledge it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you may be right in that. I don't know, because, you know, if you sit down and just notice how animals conduct themselves, sometimes it seems like they have more sense than humans. So that's why I don't necessarily disagree with you. Well, I told you my belief on them, too. Any animal, this is my thing, and I'm going to just say this. Mm -hmm. If an animal can understand you and understand them, they in control. <laughs> I ain't seen nobody else speak horse. I ain't seen yeah. no human speak horse, dog, gorilla. I ain't seen nobody speak none of this stuff. But they can understand you. <laughs> pick up what you're saying. Pick up your mannerism and do exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. They, hell yeah, they're smarter than the average bear. <laughs> no, man, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my little bit, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. So, all right, regarding uh, the subject that we're on, having an attitude of gratitude, and mm-hmm. do you think as an African-American living in America that that's an easy thing to do all the time, or does it have challenges? Mm-hmm. And are those challenges necessarily justifiable, and should we not is it okay sometimes for us to be a little bit more angry than normal? Or should we always maintain an attitude of gratitude? And I know that's a lot in that one question, but inquiring minds somewhere want to know. I'm going to let Rain take this one. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's unpack it in pieces. Sorry. <laughs> so the, yes, the first one I want to unpack is like, is it okay to be angry? Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Because okay. Nothing in life is perfect, right? The Bible even tells us to be angry and sin not, right? So we have Mm -hmm. um, the emotion of anger, and when we have feelings of anger, we have to process those feelings, right? And being Mm -hmm. angry doesn't mean that you are necessarily subscribed to being ungrateful, right? Because an injustice is just that. It's an injustice. Or when something happens that, you know, that isn't right, you know, and you're angry about it, that doesn't necessarily put you in a space where you're being ungrateful, okay? Okay. so I definitely feel like we um, there will be moments where you may um, process anger or process feelings or emotions and things like that. Um, and unless you're in a situation where someone's challenging you, saying that you're being ungrateful or whatever, um, usually in those types of cases, it may be like a breakdown of communication or lack of understanding between two people. But it, when it comes to things that we're dealing with in society, oh, yeah, we definitely have a right to be angry. and. Um, just because um, we're angry about an injustice that we'll receive or we've received or we've witnessed from one of our brothers or sisters or somebody in our culture does not make us ungrateful. That's how I feel about that. Okay. Good answer. Would you agree like with that? that or disagree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. 
I would agree. Um, has anyone ever been angry with God before? Well, I've shared with y'all that I have. Okay. Yeah, I think I think everybody has. Mm-hmm. If they tell you, they, if they tell you they had, they lying. Okay, yeah. so you've been angry with God. Then I yeah. can I can take that. Okay, can you give me a one time when you were? If you don't, if I'm if I'm not being too personal. Shit, I used several times. Oh, okay. <laughs> First, when I when I lost when I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, um, why the hell I had to go through this divorce with this woman? Why did I marry her? That was mm-hmm. my first one. The second one, then when I lost my mom, and I think when I lost my mom, mm-hmm. it changed it, it changed my entire outlook on everything I grew up with when it came to religion. I'm mm. not gonna say spirituality, but when it came to religion. Well, I think I think we've come to the conclusion that religion and spirituality are not the same thing. Right. Easily. Right. Easily. So yeah, right. you don't have to explain that, but go ahead. Yeah, so that was that was when I was really angry, and that's when I started doing more questions. Well, I was questioning when my dad passed, and I mm-hmm. was on the, I don't know, a lot of people seen the movie on the, on the hunt for Red October. I was on mm-hmm. the hunt for God, and not on the hunt like in a bad way. I, I needed questions answered mm-hmm. that, man, that man from a biblical standpoint couldn't give me. Okay. And the reason I say that is because and it could have been and it could have been the people that was delivering the message that wasn't giving me the biblical answer that was satisfactory to myself. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. But I was you gonna so huh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. So and that was on that situation. Now when my mom died, that definitely just changed my dynamics on everything. Okay. Well, you know, I've well, been no, telling you, you for years. No, uh, yeah. just, just a comment. I've been telling you for years that you you've been seeking, and that's where yeah. that's where a lot of your thoughts and and your questions come from. Yeah. yeah. Because and seeking, I know my you're seeking the truth. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know my questions a lot of times are, well, you know, more they're deeper than <laughs> than what they seem. Because sometimes I ask like real, real questions that get down to the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. and people just can't answer them. So I just say the hell with it because I feel like you're on, you, not you are you you know you all per se. Sometimes it's people mm-hmm. just can't understand because they're so mind and so wrapped around the Bible and not outside of the Bible. They can't see anything else. You know, I always heard the saying: you have so many people that's so so heavily bound that they're no earthly good, right? right. And you got people out there mm-hmm. like that. Right. Well, it's a conditioning. It, it, it's it's a conditioning. Uh, it's a that's some a of choice. it is that's conditioning by choice. So we're conditioned, but so everything you, you want to put everything on choice, which te- technically makes it your fault. You're not conditioned by choice. Yes, you are. Depends How? on what it is. Depends on what it is. Because again. <laughs> We live in an information mm-hmm. age that you don't have we, to. Just because I say it, just because I say it, don't make it true. Just because you say it, don't make it true. You should do your own homework and go see for mm-hmm. yourself. So again, that's why I say it's by choice. Sometimes okay. we. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a interject. 
I'm an Come on through. And I'm a, Come on through. Yeah. So Hold I'm going to ride, I'm gonna have to ride with our major in this one, right? Because mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times with conditioning, we don't even um, know that it's happening because most um, conditioning is done through subliminal uh, methods and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, stuff is happening to you, you don't even realize it's happening, right? Um, you have to be awakened at some point for you to get to a place where you want to see or search or, or, you know, do things for yourself. But we've been conditioned to be afraid of information. We've been conditioned to not seek information but to accept whatever's put before us, right? And so um, not everybody has, like, usually when people get to a place where they're no longer accepting what the masses is giving them, right, it's because they've had some type of experience, some type of, some moment of awakening where they have said, you know what, I, I can't, I, I got to challenge this or I need to start challenging this because it, culturally, when we have challenged things, we were punished. You know what I'm saying? It was not mm-hmm. allowed. It wasn't tolerated. So we have overall been conditioned to not, um, uh, for lack of a better word, not um, disrupt the flow of things, right? Don't go against the grain. Go with whatever um, put before you or whatever. So that's kind of like what we, what has been the, um, bedrock of our culture and we can't dismiss that we can't and while well, we while i do agree with you that people do mm-hmm. have a responsibility to wake up and start researching and looking and seeking and things like that on their own um that's not just going to come naturally for people and the question is how do we get people to become more awake how do we get them to be more alert because those people that have done it like has um tried to you know have come up with or have taken those types of steps or taken that type of stance where they have opened their eyes and they tried to educate other people and, and things like that, it doesn't normally work out well for them. So, yeah, I, I think I'm like, what conditioning is a factor. <laughs> well, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the art major way on this. I agree to disagree. And the reason I say that is, <laughs> and, the, and the reason I say that is, we all have faced different challenges in our lives, in our lives. That made us question, and if 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 you chose not to question, it's your fault. Because God has this is the thing with God, and I and I've seen it. God give you sticky notes. If you so choose not to pay no attention and, and ball a sticky note and throw it in the trash, that's your fault. So question I agree or disagree. God agree question for you. You were brought Go up ahead, in the sir. Methodist faith, right? Uh, no. No. What faith were you brought my, up in? My dad was a Methodist minister. Yes. But mm-hmm. my dad believe my dad actually believed that it's all one God, don't matter what religion that you have. So remember, I told you my dad preached at a Baptist church, Methodist church. Hell, he went to the Mormon church and spoke. So mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't go up and say this. You just go Methodist. My dad spoke at a, a spirituality. He had his own church for a minute. So mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily Methodist faith. Okay, but you were brought up in some form of church. Yes, I was brought up in a Christian a Christian household, if you want to say that, yes. Okay. So Sunday service every mm-hmm. Sunday, Bible study, um mm-hmm. uh during the week and all the uh mm-hmm. the, the what you call it? Uh, the the when they have revivals and yep. all that good stuff and yep. well, right we did we did celebrate Halloween, so so many people don't. We celebrated Halloween. My daddy said, You a child, you should experience his life. We did mm-hmm. listen to quote unquote secular music. So we did all the time. You we did? did listen to, 
We did, yeah. Okay. The only time right. we didn't is when my mama got in the, when my mama was in the car, and she said, "Hell no, we shutting everything down. We need to get the gospel music." So your dad was, and, and so your dad had um had an open mind. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and your mother was more of a traditionalist. Yes, very much. Or should I say conservative? Maybe not traditionalist, but conservative. No, 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 no. You had it right the first time. Oh, okay. all right. Traditionalist. And my and my siblings and my siblings are like that. My siblings are, are traditionalists. Okay. We had to go around for Thanksgiving, hold hands, mm-hmm. and everybody go around and tell what you're thankful for and give a Bible verse. Okay. Gotcha. So I gotcha. so my sister tried that one Thanksgiving. I said anybody doing that shit. That's the shit we were kids and grown folks. Heard hell up and what it So when did you when did you you share with us when you uh, were angry, one of the times you were angry with God. When did you start questioning things? Um, At what point did you start questioning things? The first time I started questioning things was when my dad passed. And I asked, why my dad? Why, why not somebody else did who don't appreciate their dad? Like Stop right dad. there. Stop right there. How old were mm-hmm. you? Remind me, how old were you when your dad passed? I was in my 20s. I want to say between 23 and 25. Okay, so early to mid-20s. Yes. So prior to then, prior to that point, you had no questions. Prior no. to that point, um, mom said, let's go to church. You went to church. Uh, uh, Dad said, I got to go preach. I'm sorry. In my 20s? In my 20s. No, no, no. I, I said up to, that, up to that point, you said, oh, yeah. you, you, yeah. right, up until that yeah, point. Yeah. So prior yeah. to then, all right, because for the most part, we were identical in, the, in that regard. Had to go yeah, to church I, on uh, Sundays. Yeah. Um, yep. Didn't go to had church on Sunday. Oh, nah, my... Well, my dad was a minister. I had to carry the Bible. Right. I want to do all that. I said, I want to do that yeah. shit. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I had to. I had to be in the choir. I was in the choir. I had to yep. be the uh, the ushers, the usher board. I, I got in trouble for playing uh-huh. in church. I uh-huh. told to sit down, yeah. stop playing. So I didn't. I yeah. been the you usher. You were PK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was. Uh, my dad did a reenactment of. Um, the Last Supper, I was, I wasn't Jesus. I was somebody else. I was sitting at the table. So yeah, yeah I had, I did the whole rundown, dog. I did the whole rundown. Yeah. Okay. So my point is, you were being conditioned. Huh? Whether you realize it or not, you were being conditioned. You were raised in church. I was. So and guess what? technically speaking, technically speaking, uh, you're as a church, as a church would call it, you're a backslider. And I am, and a heathen. No, I didn't say that. I just said, I don't worry. Per the church, you're back. I said, please. And you, you know said all the way back out. All the way out. And let me tell you, yep. I used to get in trouble because my, my mom and dad wanted me to wear a suit. Like, girl, you got to wear a suit and tie. You got to show to all the other all the other kids, all the other mm-hmm. boys, you know. You, I said, I don't care about them folks. I want, that's not how I feel. I want to wear jeans mm-hmm. and some shoes, some tennis shoes. Well, you can't wear that. Well, I ain't wear no shirt and tie either. So I ain't wear a shirt and tie. I just wore some slacks and some shoes. I couldn't. I said it's not me. Shirt and tie make me feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm choking. So every time I just wear a shirt and tie, it's like I'm choking. I'm choking. Feeling me? Let me tell you how bad it was. I didn't know how to tie a tie until I was like maybe twenty three, twenty somewhere in the twenties. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'm choking. Uh. 
Yeah, so yeah. I was definitely a backslider they they consider it. I tell them all the time, man. Somebody asked me a question, I say I'm a heathen to the church, so they don't want me in there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are the same in some some regards. I've been the I've been the black sheep for a long time. <laughs> Have mercy. By choice. By choice. <laughs> so you choose to be difficult. Yes. Why? Because I don't feel like all of us walk the same path and all of us are not meant to do the same thing. I think we as Yeah, but you don't have to be an antagonist ourselves. in the process though. Well I'm only an antagonist when you try to force me to do something. See I told you y'all force me to do stuff. I can't do when you force me to put on the tie you force me to go every Sunday. <laughs> oh, so you don't mind being conditioned, but you don't want to be forced to do certain things. What? Well, can you can't condition me now to certain to certain things. Well, I'm of, sure. course, of course, I'm, of course. I'm sure I'm conditioned to certain things. I'm not gonna say mm-hmm. I'm not fully conditioned to certain. I'm, we all condition certain things in life. But right. Yeah. So back to back to anything. That's what pretty much uh made me change my mind. Like when my dad passed and. And I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out why would you take my dad when I'm looking at somebody and I was, excuse me, going through, listening, looking at some family members and how they treated their dad and they didn't appreciate their dad and the amount of love that my dad gave the people and he received back. In my mind, I was like, why you can't take their daddy? Why you got to take my daddy? Nobody mm-hmm. loves it. I love my daddy more than he loves his daddy. <laughs> and I know, call it wrong or whatever, but that's just how I felt, you know. Uh-huh. And and I, it made me question. I was like, does this really exist? Why? Why would you do that to somebody? But at the same time, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, it made me appreciate my dad who he was, the level of love, caringness, and it helped me grow up a little bit quicker than anything. Okay. Mm. And Rain, uh, yeah, you're right. You did share with us why you were angry before. Refresh my memory, mm-hmm. please. You were angry for what reason? Um, I was angry with God because I was abused, um, like as a child, and so mm. I just felt like, you know, what kind of God would allow something like that to happen to a child, right? Because, you know, you're always told that God is in control of everything, and um, God isn't. You know, people used to tell you, even though this isn't in the Bible, but you were told this as it was Bible from pastors and people in the church. You know, God doesn't give you more than you can bear. He gives his strongest uh-huh. uh, battles to his toughest soldiers and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, oh, okay, well, if that's the case, I want to unenlist from this army. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what about you, Major? Wait, 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 we're not finished with rain yet. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> okay. So if if God is in control, it, well, I guess I guess the question, my question is, is God really in control? And here's here's why I say that: if God is in control, then doesn't that mean we don't have free will? If God Absolutely. is in control, Absolutely. okay, okay. So then, truly, we are in control. Not now. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about you as a child. Of course, that's that mm-hmm. would be completely off out of out of uh, 
that would be crazy. Because if that's the case, mm-hmm. there's no there's no such thing as being conditioned, right? There's right. no such thing as being trained. So, but we're in control as we when we come into the world as children. Of course, we're being controlled by our adult figures, whether that be our parents, mm-hmm. whether that whether that be the elders of the church, whether that be our school teachers, right? We're under someone else's control to a certain degree, and once we become of age, then we get to have control and make decisions about our own lives. So God can't be in complete control if, because if he is, then we don't have free will. Does the Bible, so the thing is, where in the Bible does it say that God is in control? Oh, no, you already clarified, and I agree with you. Oh. I agree with you. Okay. No, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. No, I'm not arguing okay. that. I'm just, I'm just going through it. I'm just going through it, cycling through everything. So how did you get over your anger? So um, when I got to a certain age, I started, um, so I did believe that there was something greater than me out there. And, um, but I felt like, you know, I felt like in my mind, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the church, right? It wasn't Christianity and all this stuff. So I went on a journey, like this journey just started studying all these different religions and stuff. So. Okay. Uh, study Buddhism, Judaism, um, Islam, um, just going through them all. Uh, Jehovah, you know, studying with the Jehovah Witnesses, everybody, because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You know, like all these things that these people are telling me at church, they don't make sense, and this 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 can't be right. And so, once I went on that journey to study on my own, then I learned, and my you know a lot of things became unlocked as untrue. And then I realized some things, and then I had to learn some things, like, about myself, about forgiveness, about how to heal. Um, also, they told us, like, or I was conditioned that therapy was not something we did in the black community. We prayed about everything. We gave it over to God, and it would just magically go away. Um, and so I had to realize that wasn't true, right? And so I started talking to a therapist and all these different things and working through my emotions and the hurts and the scars. And that's how I was able to um, not be angry anymore and really unlock the word of God for myself to know what was true and what was not. And, you know, um, learn that God really is a God of accountability and not a God that gives everybody a pass, right? Understanding mm-hmm. that forgiveness is not um, is more than just saying, I'm sorry, right, and um, letting that person back in your life, but knowing that it's okay for me to put boundaries in place to protect myself. So, once I came into the knowledge of truth, then I was able to, you know, let go of the anger that I had toward God and know that this really isn't God, right? This image of God that I had was wrong because I was being taught wrong and I wasn't learning for myself at the time. So once I started to learn for myself and begin to open up my mind and um, really study, I knew the truth and then I could forgive God. Well, realize that I really shouldn't have been angry with God, right? Because these things that I had in my head were all, they were just, it was just all wrong. So that was, my, you know, that was my journey or my moment of awakening. Okay. Okay. Um, Antonio, you still angry? Let's go back to you, though. We never got <laughs> to me. We never no, got no, no. And this that's isn't about point. me. This is about an attitude of gratitude. This is not about right. Me. And this is go ahead, go ahead, is, go ahead. Right. I like I like how you try to deflect here. I like how you try to deflect, <laughs> but we're not doing that. Yes, sir. Go ahead. This is 
So you tell us. You go ahead. You tell okay. us. Um, First of all, have you ever been angry with God? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Um, there have been times when I thought he was using me for his sense of humor. Um, that time specifically to me was you always hear me refer to our place of employment as the dungeon. <laughs> and I've never really disclosed with you all why. And it's, um, <clears throat> I was having a conversation earlier today about the dungeon. And mm-hmm. the question that was posed to me was, why didn't you leave? And, you know, the, one of the main reasons was complacency on my part. Mm-hmm. But while I was, I, I, this is this is where I remember first seeing Antonio. He was sitting at his desk, uh, and I was, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know if I had gone to the restroom or if I was heading to a meeting or something. And I saw him and saw the way he was sitting there at his desk, and he looked like he was in a daze. He was just looking at his computer. And I looked at him, and I said, I know that look. I know that look. And that look was... My life is meant to be something more than this, excuse my language, than this shit right here, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was angry. I was angry. I used to have uh, dreams or maybe nightmares, if you will, about that place. That was one dream I had. I'm driving my father-in-law's truck. He had a, a red pickup. Um, what was that? Uh, I can't remember what truck it was what truck it was he had. Um, but anyway, Dodge, that's what it was. He had a Dodge Dakota, I believe. Is that a truck? Is that a truck yeah. by uh, Dodge? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm driving his red uh, Dodge, and I get pulled over by the cops. Next thing I know, I'm in jail. And I remember walking through the prison, you know, with, uh, you know, seeing other prisoners, of course. And I knew what it was. That's what that place made me feel like. I always felt like, and I hate to say this, but I'm just going to be honest with it, um, picking cyber cotton. Mm. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm tethered to this damn computer all day long. I'm more than this. That's what I, that's what I felt. And that's still what mm-hmm. I believe today. And when I saw him sitting at, sitting at the computer looking at a daze, I, I remember telling him, I understand, bro. I, I know that look. And we kind of laughed about it. And that's what I was, that's what I was angry about. That's what I was angry with him about. And and then there were other things going on as well, but that was the main thing that was like punching me in my ribs, you know, Mm. and what helped, one of the things that helped me to become a little bit grateful about it, to be honest with you, I remember back when uh, Sunbush was still press and we were going through a recession then. I remember every day when I would get to the dungeon, there would be there would be a line of people outside waiting to be interviewed. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, I'm going into the job that they're actually interviewing for, which means they either don't have one or they're trying to get a better one. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started thinking about, you know what, maybe I need to stop complaining about this place where I work and develop a better attitude. And so at that point, I just decided to be at least grateful to have a job to complain about. Mm-hmm. And that, but that, at that place, that was the best I could do. I'm grateful to have a job to complain about. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I was with it. So, 
Yeah, that was, was the, the other time? number one time. Uh, that's really the 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 main thing that I've been angry with him about. Most of the other stuff, you know, you have to own your ish. You have to own it. You know, like we just discussed, God is not in control. You are. So if you have control, then that means you're calling the shots. If you're calling the shots and things ain't going the way you want them to or the way you thought they would, maybe you need to rethink the way you're calling these shots. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to get angry with anybody, I mean, i got to get angry with myself. But, like, you know, you, you mentioned it, for you it sounded like it was death. You know, when your dad passed, you were angry. You were going through stuff with your first wife, which I completely understand. You were angry. And when your mom passed, you were angry. I didn't experience anger with death. Unfortunately, I understand that, you know, death is an unfortunate part of life that we, you know, we have to experience and, and we have to go through at some point. So that part doesn't anger me. I think with death, I used to be more afraid than angry. But even death now, I'm not as afraid as I once was. But that that's too that's therapy. That's therapy. Mm-hmm. So but uh that's that's where I am with, with stuff like that as far as angry with God. Anger with God. So did you feel yeah, like but you know what I angry. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. I was, I was just gonna say yeah, I was just gonna say the beautiful part about my anger with him, he was never angry with me. Do you feel like your anger was misplaced, or do you feel like it, you were rightfully angry with God for that, for that situation or in that situation? While I was going through it, I was, I was right in my anger while I was going through it. Uh, once I stepped away from it, no, I don't. Well, yes, I do think it was misplaced. I do think it was misplaced. But not while I was going through it. Gotcha. Any other questions? Yeah, any other questions? Wise one. I'm surprised you have another one. I was listening. This is waiting. No, not right now. Well, you were, but it's okay. Yeah, we no, no, wasn't deflecting back. I'm yeah. usually posting. I'm usually posting the questions. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, and I, like, I like that. I like that role. I like to pose the questions as opposed to answer. We know. We, uh, yeah, because you were deflecting. And that way, you don't have to be quote unquote transparent. Uh, well, oh, I, right. I, I made a promise, and I've kept my word. Transparency mm-hmm. is not part honest, of me. But not transparent. That's right. <laughs> I will be honest, but not transparent. You heard? Uh huh. Uh huh. No, not I don't have any. Uh, right. You asked me a question. Was I? Am I still angry with God? I think. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. the question you was about to ask me? Um, yeah. No. No. And okay. I and I was and I was telling you one time we were talking when I started really gardening and getting into nature. Mm-hmm. I start understanding life a little differently, mm-hmm. um, especially growing things from a seed opposed to just buying it from uh, Home Depot or Lowe's. Mm-hmm. So I start looking at life a little differently uh, when it comes to God and things of that nature. 
and how mm-hmm. nature really works. And, you know, everybody thinks everything is perfect, but nature is not perfect. It's not meant to be perfect. But we live, right. society will have us believe that everything is perfect. And it's not. That's not how God created things. Well, can I can I interrupt right quick? No, and of I said this, I've said this before. Um, we have misinterpreted or misdefined the word perfect. Well, from a social standpoint, when you mm-hmm. look at it from when you look at it from a society base, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, is is looked at is it supposed to be this? Like, okay, prime example: when you go to the grocery store, right? And yeah. I'm just going to use bell peppers, for example, right? Mm-hmm. We go pick the bell peppers, and we look at it, and we say, oh, this is a perfect bell pepper. It looks this way. It's supposed to form this way. Oh, let's get the bigger one, right? So we look at, oh, this this is the perfect bell pepper. So when we start understanding nature, vegetables or whatever, they they do certain things because of, other insects or things of that nature, every bell pepper don't grow as big as the, as the next one. There's reasons why mm-hmm. it did or did not. You understand what I'm saying? Some right. grow a little, the shape sometimes is different than a normal shape. Sometimes they can get bigger, so I'm not supposed to be as big. So, right. But when you go to the grocery store, I remember, well, not even the grocery store, I used to work for um, a farmer's market, right, in the warehouse. Papacitos, I think it was, they wanted their limes to be live. They wanted green. If they had one speck of yellow in it, the chef would send the whole palette back. Mm. Uh-huh. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So um so you have to understand how nature is and how God so it's just my appreciation for how God works and how gratitude is really done. Um, make it change my direction and change my beliefs in all my conversations with God. Let me say that. So no, I, I'm not angry anymore. Okay. It's interesting how your gardening experience gave you um, a new perspective, and I think. Um, I think, like, again, just um, we were talking earlier about being grateful and um, grateful being ha- meaning having appreciation, right, um, and just how seeing something manifest from a seed, right, generated a different perspective for you or help you to appreciate how God works and how he operates differently. Whereas, again, when we talked about that microwave effect earlier, you go into the grocery store and everybody, everything is there for you. So, you know, it, it's totally different. So, and it's just like that with the seeds that we plant in life. So we talked about those affirmations and being able to speak things into existence and all of that stuff and manifest certain things in our life. Um, we have to understand it from the perspective of growing something from a seed, knowing that um, it takes time. You have to water it, you have to nurture it, and you have to just kind of believe in it and also know that sometimes the crop will fail before it grows to what it's supposed to be, right? So um, I think that's like a perfect analogy that we can compare how life works and how our experiences kind of flow and the law of attraction and all these different things, that's how it works. So um, I think that was a great um, example that you shared. 
and helps to put a lot of that into perspective. Yeah, thank you. And what I what I think is just like I've always telling I'm always telling you that you're seeking. I think God is actually talking to you during that time frame. He's reached you. I always believe that God reaches you where you are. We don't have to reach him where he is. He reaches out to us where we are, and that makes him relatable. And yeah, I believe that mm-hmm. he's speaking to you through that, you know, through your gardening. Because what do you find there? You find peace there. Yes, sir. It's more. It's, it's not just a hobby for you. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why, you know, I try to get people to to start the whole process of gardening because, man, it's, it's so deeper than just what it looks. And I was telling you the other day that I'm learning so much from my mm-hmm. mistakes and things of that nature, I think – um, one day my wife was like, God, usually I just throw the leaves on top of, if this is a bad one that didn't grow and start, if they eating off of it, the bugs, I just throw it on top. And she said something to me the other day, and I, now that we're talking, I'm thinking, she said, mm-hmm. well, won't you bury it? Bury, open it up, cut it open, cut open what died, and then bury it, right? Yeah. What happens when you bury something? You said she told you to cut it open. Yeah, cut it like so. I'm gonna give you a prime example. Uh huh. I had a, a chili pepper. Mhm. So when you cut it, when you cut a, when you cut a chili pepper open, any other vegetable it has a seed in it. Mhm. So right. I cut it open, open it up, and bury it with the seeds down. So now. Oh, Right, so now you think about life. When you bury somebody, right, and we think mm-hmm. about death, we think about, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you know, mama gone, daddy gone. But mm-hmm. it's not even that. You got to remember that is life even in death because you're mm-hmm. thinking of those yes. memories. You think of those memories of what branches out of that. So you think of, you take that seed, you just plant it, that seed is going to bring upon life. And if it doesn't, it may not. That harvest may not come back today. It may come back next year. So that seed bring upon a different life, and then at the same time, those seeds are feeding the soil. That what you cut open just just fed the soil. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So So through and we've discussed this before. We've discussed this Mm -hmm. before. Through death Mm -hmm. comes new life. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It is it's a process. process. Mm-hmm. And we're, we as, and when we're going through it, we don't see it that way. Or mm-hmm. better yet, we may not, may not have even heard of that before. Right? We look as, typically we look at death as a finality. Yes. It's right. the end all. Right? Yes. As opposed to just a passing through. Now we believe that there's another side to this. There's an afterlife. There's uh, something else waiting for us. And, you know, you hear different theories. The reality is, as human beings, we really don't know what's going to happen when we, you know, when we eventually pass. That's the reality right. of it. But we believe that there is something else waiting for us. But, yeah, but, if, you follow, but if you follow mm-hmm. nature, nature shows you it is. It's just what, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you manifest or whatever you feed comes back, right? So it's just like you think mm-hmm. about it, and you kind of go back to what you're saying. If you feed your children the right things, right? They're going to go out to society. He or she's going to meet somebody else. Now they're going to have another seed and they're going to 
nine times out of ten, they're going to train their kids up. They're not going to go too far from what you have taught them. So now that seed is just continuing to, to, to transform and transcend. I'm with you. Nature, nature shows you everything about who God is more so than any other thing out there in his life. Because what's the first thing that God created? The earth. The heavens and the earth. And what did he do to it? He, he gave it vegetation. He gave everything that it needed to survive before he put anything else on it. Mm-hmm. True. So nature is God. God is nature. It depends on how you. It's your choice on how you choose to do what you choose to do with it, and how you choose to appreciate it. That's why anything we say out here in the universe, a power and death is in the tongue, right? It has no choice but to bend what you say, because God created to do such just that. Is what you say, and that's where that choice is. Is your choice to make yourself happy? It's your choice to say, I want to I wanna be successful, right? But guess what? All those things take work. It takes time. If you're an overnight success, then you, you, you won't be successful the next, the next overnight, right? It takes time, right? People look at, uh, we look at people, and I'm not, we look at people, right? Because sometimes we're not in the same realm. We look at Amazon and say, oh, my God, Amazon was overnight success. No, Amazon took work. It's an overnight success. That's because we just caught on to it. That man took work. They said, well, he started in 2008. It's 2022. Now, he, I'm not for sure when he started reaping the benefits of his labor, but him and his wife were started in their garage in 2008. Right. So yeah. it took time. In 2009, he took time. 2010, he took time. 2011, he took time. Right? 2018. It sparked off like wildfire. We're not looking right. at the time frame it took him. We're looking at the, aftermath, the aftermath where he is today. He put in work, so now he can sit back. I don't have to be CEO no more. I, don't, I can just be a director. I can hell. I ain't got to do nothing. I can go ahead and enjoy life because I already put my time in. See, we always go back to the like you said, the microwave society. We don't want to work. We don't want to do the work. We just want the success. You know, you see somebody mm-hmm. with a nice house, you don't know what it took to get that house. You don't, you don't understand he, had, he or she or both of them had to get their credit together. He or she, both of them had to go get a better job. It took time. Now, they did that in 2010. It's 2013. Now they're the benefits. Now they can travel. They sacrificed going to these different places. They ate peanut butter jelly. They didn't go out to eat every day because you know what? They knew what they wanted. They saw a different agenda. For themselves. Mm-hmm. So our bigger picture. We want the success, but not the work. You want the gratitude, but not the work that it takes to get the gratitude. Yes, you can wake up overnight. If you wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm gonna change my mindset today. I'm gonna be happy. You can do that. You can do that overnight, because at that point you have now taken a choice to say, this day going forward, I'm changing my mindset. Mm-hmm. That's why it can happen overnight. Because you made up in your mind that day or the next day and say, you know what, going forward, I'm going to be happy. My gratitude for attitude is different. If you put negative in, you're going to get negative back. 
All day. All day. Agreed. So, that's why I love gardening. I, and I was just so funny. I just looked at my watermelons today. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I take pictures because if you think about it in your life, right, if you mentally take pictures of where you were two or three years ago or even six months ago and take a look where you are now, that's a mental picture. You can say, man, right. damn, thank God I ain't there no more. Mm-hmm. I, I've really grown. I don't have to go take loans no more. I can I can just live off my paycheck and go over and find another way to get some more money. I don't have to live like this no more. It's a choice. It's a sacrifice. Yeah. But you take that mental picture, you know, do a six, like I always say, we do a six month sometimes. At the end of the year, we say, okay, this is where we are. What, what are we going to do for the next year? Right. You have to make some type of, you have to make your own assessment. Stop looking to the world to give you validation. Like uh, like I told you, we went out this weekend, and um, I said, you know what, people I see on social media sometimes, and no offense to nobody who does it. I said, sometimes people, we just social media whores. We got to take every picture and show everybody exactly what we're doing, what time we're doing it, when we're leaving. What I we said, eating. nobody ever, yes, I said, nobody ever enjoyed the moment. <laughs> you never enjoyed that moment. You can never say, you know what, this is a picture just for me and, me and my wife, me and my girl, me, uh, just for me, right? And I'm not even talking about a physical fi- picture on your phone, a mental picture. You can never enjoy a mental picture because you're too busy trying to show everybody else what you got going on. Yes, I agree with that. That's one of my pet peeves. Oh, my God, it bothers me so much. Like, I, went out, I ain't put no pictures online. I took all my mental pictures because at the end of the day, it's something – you know, when I think about my parents, I can always go through my mind of Rolodex and pick out the happiest moment with my parents, looking at my mom and daddy lab. I don't need no phone, no pictures that can burn up in the fire, mm-hmm. nobody doing it. I can go to my mental Rolodex and say, man, you know what? That really think, made me think about my mom and my daddy. Oh, man, they, they smile so beautiful. You know, like this weekend, we draw, I drank some Muscadine wine, right? As I'm, I'm sorry, you drank some what? Muscadine wine. I don't know why, but the first thing I heard was muscatel. But go ahead. <laughs> it was a muscadine <laughs> musk wine, but I'm going to tell you, it made me think about my parents. My mom okay. and dad used to bring home muscadines all the time, and we sat around mm-hmm. laughing joke how good they were and just talking about life. Just those simple things make you really it's – a, it's a time of reflection. And sometimes we miss that, that moment because we're too busy trying to live in this microwave society because we want everything quick and we want to show everybody what we're doing, but you never take time for yourself or a moment of reflection and say, mm-hmm. you know what, I can enjoy this right here by itself. And that's what a lot of times where people miss the gratitude because they don't want to appreciate a moment. Yeah. And, you know, um, the beautiful thing, like, about nature, like, even if you, on a rainy day, if you just go outside and close your eyes and activate your senses and listen mm-hmm. to the rainfall, smell it in the air, and just really engage and commune with nature, like, you'll feel like, I mean, the energy that it brings to your body is crazy. 
You know, just taking mm-hmm. those little little moments are so important for us. And it helps us to appreciate things. It helps us to experience that gratefulness. And you are so dead on with everything that you said. Like, I 100% agree with all of that. Yeah, we just, sometimes, you know, even going outside with your shoes off. Grounding, just yeah. Walk. Grounding just grounding. is important. Yeah. Go outside the shoes. Take a, <laughs> yep. Take a deep breath. Get get to know. You know what I You want to know who God is? I guarantee you. If you just give yourself five minutes outside without nothing going on, no phone, no nothing, and just sit and just listen, I guarantee you, you'll see who God is. And I stayed in the airport, and hell, if I can hear him, I know if you can't hear something wrong, I hear planes every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I take a moment and, 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 and um, block them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever um, take part in any of these activities, um, our major? Uh, hugging a tree? No. Walking outside barefoot? No. Um, <laughs> what I do, I uh, I will from time to time. I'll just see animals. I'll pay attention to animals from time to time. Like it sounds crazy, but uh, there was this time where I'm walking. I was at work, as a matter of fact, and I'm wa- I'm walking, and the grass was green the most beautiful green I'd ever seen. Um, I noticed a squirrel running across the campus, climbing up a tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sky was the prettiest blue I had ever seen. And royal blue is my favorite color, right? Mm-hmm. But the sky was the prettiest blue I'd ever seen. And I realized I had not been taking the time to just appreciate those simple things, mm-hmm. just those simple things. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> we take we take things for granted, including family. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. mean like we, miss, we, we use them, but when I say take them for granted, we don't appreciate them enough. You know, we think of the society we grew up in, we, we think of success. You know, equating to money in the bank, in your bank account, equating to the number of houses or the number of cars you may have parked in front of each house that you have. And instead of just being thankful for being, being able to wake up and get up out of the bed on your own, that, that in itself is a blessing because somebody mm-hmm. wasn't able to do that this morning. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody wasn't able to do that. And so I don't, I don't do it enough. I'll say that. I'll say it like that. I don't do it enough. You know, just being appreciative of the people you have around you, uh, what God has blessed you with. And sometimes I think we need to be care- uh, be thankful for some of the things that God hasn't blessed you with. Mm, that's true. Because sometimes we can, act, you know, what's that saying? Be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and because one of the things you said, something, I think it was some, something Rain said earlier um, about how we get things and we don't appreciate them after we've gotten them. And the thought that came to my mind was the 
the anticipation of wanting and and getting is always greater than the satisfaction of having. Mm. Yeah. It's always greater. You know, because once you have it, I mean, what's that that famous that famous answer? We we talked about this last week. I got all upset. Uh, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. Enough is never enough, and that's a very dissatisfaction, dissatisfying answer to me. You know, that's a, that's one of those answers uh, of selfishness to me. But that's the world we actually live in. Enough is never enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, so if enough is enough, if if that's true, that enough is never enough, and I believe in some people, with some people, that is a true answer then that means you can't have an attitude of gratitude because you're always grafting for what's next. You're always looking mm-hmm. for what's next. You're always reaching for more. And mm-hmm. usually the more is money. It's always about more money. You can't have mm-hmm. enough. That it, well, the, the, fact, the simple fact is money does not make you happy. Money cannot make you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, as you all have schooled me, or at least tried to school me, it <laughs> is up to you to make yourself happy. It is up to you. Mm-hmm. There so. it is. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. You, um, you um, mentioned that. Like, Joyce Myers, I'm not, I don't really listen to her a lot, but somebody sent me a, um, a video clip today of a joke that she was she um, shared. and But it was so relevant to what you just said. So it was like mm-hmm. um, they had a, a, a husband shopping store. So you could go in and purchase a, uh, or pick out your, like, the perfect husband. And there were six <laughs> floors to the store. It's a, so funny, right? Six floors to the store. Um, you could go up a level, but you could not come back down. So that was the only rule. You could go up as many levels as you want. And the more levels you went up, the better the quality you would get in the men, right? Okay. So the first floor of the store, it was like these men have jobs, Right. Um, right. The second floor of the store was like these men have jobs and they like kids. Um, the third floor was like these men have jobs, they like kids, and they're super good looking. Um, then the fourth floor of the store was something like um, these men have jobs, they like kids, they're super good looking, and they help with chores. Then the fifth mm. floor of the store was like um, they did everything, so they had jobs, they love kids, super good looking. They um, help with the chores and some other things. So let's say maybe they made six figures. And then um, so each floor, you know, the lady, she kept going. So she got to the fifth floor. She's like, all this sounds good, but I really want to go ahead and go to the sixth floor, right? And so when Mm -hmm. she got to the sixth floor, it was like, you're number 3,499. you uh you can't it's um doesn't matter what you do you can't make a woman happy right <laughs> that, was, mm. that was like the blood of the joke right but if you mm-hmm. think of it in context of what you just said that's how we are as people right we don't know when mm-hmm. the message is lost we don't know when to be satisfied we don't know when to mm-hmm. just stop and thank God for what we have right here right mm-hmm. now and just appreciate the space that we're in like we are so moved by society's definition of success and um you know, like having more, you know, that status and all that stuff has to mean something, right? So, like, if you're not on this status, then you're not winning or you're not living or whatever. And so we allow the world to define for us what happiness looks like, what success looks like, what wealth looks like, you know, versus mm-hmm. taking and being grateful for what God has given us and saying, you know what, 
I'm wealthy because all my bills are paid. I don't have any debt. You know, I have a good husband, a good wife, or good, you know, my kids and my family, and this is my quote-unquote utopia, right? Just create Mm -hmm. your own utopia and find peace there. But we don't know how to do that. And society has um, fixed it, and they continue to influence us with these different images and um, thought processes that if you're not on this level as this person, you're not a success or you haven't done enough. So it's it's very interesting. And I thought that was very amusing because when she said, when I watched her, I mean, watched her video clip of that, and then I heard you just now, I'm like, wow, that's really how we are in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went yep. over to the Bahamas, and when I was in the Bahamas, I see these kids who don't have indoor plumbing, who don't have shoes to put on their feet, who didn't have, like, shirts to wear. They just, like, the little boys had shorts, and they're out there kicking the balls around, and their families are out there. They're happy. They're communing in the community, one TV, and all of out of all of the little shacks that they live in, and they're just happy, you know. And when you converse with them, they tell you how happy they are, how at peace they are. And you're looking, and you're like, wow, could I be happy like this? Or am I so spoiled or haven't been given so much? that I wouldn't be able to appreciate something like this, right? So it's just, it's amazing to just kind of sit back and look at other people's experiences and what some people have learned to appreciate and, and be grateful for. And then we, being in this society or in America, um, and I think it's an America problem, um, you know, Americans, we have a tendency to um, be to think that we have to have more in order for us to be happy or for us to be successful, even though Hollywood has kind of proven with the number of suicides that we see take place there with all the money that they have, that money doesn't equate to happiness and neither does success. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I think this is definitely a great conversation of gratitude yeah, I agree. And um, to put it in context, ladies and gentlemen, this was the grouchy one's idea. <laughs> all jokes, all jokes aside, I go lie. When, when he first when he first approached me with this, I was like, "Oh no, we're not doing this." That <laughs> was my initial thought. We're not doing this. I said, this reminds me of relationship goals. We ain't talking about this. So, and what did I tell you? Attitude of gratitude. I don't remember. Go ahead, remind me. What'd you tell me? I tell you, this ain't that. This is the gospel. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's what you said. That's what you said. But even when you convinced me to talk about that, you know, it turned out to be okay. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just me. It was just me. I like, yeah. I don't want to talk about this. So, so you said you're the grouchy one. No, no, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said. I think you agree with it, though. I think you agree with it because you said don't tell nobody. I think that's all that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're disclosing private conversations, okay? <laughs> we are disclosing private conversations. I didn't agree with that. So, I did not agree with that. Oh, man. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I was, I was a grouchy one this time. This time, I was the graduate. <laughs> yeah, I could tell from his response. I was like, oh, yeah, he's with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's actually, it was a great conversation. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree it was. 
so as we come to this part of the show that I always uh, find a way to screw up, I think if it's okay with Rain, I'm just going to turn it over to her. You would turn it over to me while I'm looking for my list. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Let me, let me. While she's looking, while she's looking for her list, uh, sharing is caring. Please don't keep us to yourself. Don't keep us a secret. Spread us like mayo, baby. Okay, tell a friend and become a friend. Email email us at the gospel truth no bs at gmail dot com. That's the gospel truth n o b s at gmail.com. Email us your comments, your critiques, your suggestions, topic suggestions, and or questions. And if you would like to be a guest, holler. Go ahead, Ray. All right. Um, As you know, we release new episodes on Sunday, so you can look for us on the following platforms. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Stitcher. Also, we are on the Wisdom app and probably coming to another podcast location near you soon. As uh, our major likes to say, if we ain't there yet, we coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what I'm doing when I say that? Only thing I'm doing is walking on faith. Walking by That's faith. Right. I'm speaking it into existence. That's right. I don't know nothing. I don't know. I don't know a dog or thing. Hey, just being real. What you always say? It unintended blessing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what it is. You got to speak those things of what it is. That's right. That's right. I know. I know you got a good quote for this one today. I actually did. I do. I do. All things share the same. All things share the same breath. The beast, the tree, the man, the air shares its spirits with all the life it supports, and that was by Chief Seattle. Hmm. Indigenous quote. Hmm. Okay. Cool. That's all. That's all I got today. Everything shares the same. The same air. Hmm. Wait, say that again. Everything shares the same air. Sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. It shares its spirits with all its life supports. Ah, good point. Think, think about that. Good point. We miss that. One of those things we take for granted. One of the things we take always. for granted. Always. But as, as we always say, open your mind. Mm-hmm. Open, open your mind. mind. God bless. God, God bless. bless.